Good morning, ladies. <laughs> 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 good morning, ladies. 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 Good morning, all right, so today we're going to jump right in on this uh, discussion about uh, speaking in tongues and the interpretation of tongues because there's a lot to cover. And uh, we had, I thought we had a wonderful Bible study before we left. Um, so did you all kind of think about the things we, we talked about or maybe go over your notes a little bit? Maybe, huh? <laughs> 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 right, it was pretty great. Yeah, I didn't look at my notes <laughs> Okay. Well, um, we want to let's continue this discussion um, because there is more definitely to be said about speaking in tongues and of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is the one that um, seems to be uh, confusing people, and also this is the one that seems to be denied of all of them, more denied, you know, than. Uh, but they, this gift and the interpretation of tongues, it's a part of the Holy Spirit, okay? Just like the gift of faith and the working of miracles, um, this is a part of the Holy Spirit, so we don't we don't want to deny what He has for us. Um, we want to receive all He has for us. So I'm glad that someone in here said, "Let's you know we need a part two of this, so that we can make sure we understand this part of the Holy Spirit." Okay. Um, before I go on, let me just, I want to remind you again, we have our Gelt Classic, which is April the 11th, and I bring it up because uh, this, it is a fundraiser, this helps us to continue to do the work that we're doing right now, us being able to come here every Wednesday uh, and have Bible study on Fridays and do what we're doing online. We're about to start a Facebook Live Bible study in April on uh, prayer, and then of course we uh, pray for people all the time, um, and we are writing prayers and providing prayers to people. We pray from the White House down to Joe's house, so God has really given us access into some, uh, some pretty high-level places, and it's a blessing to be able to take the Holy Spirit and prayer in the places where it might not get into as easily. So um, again, if uh, we, I solicit your help. I need your help, all right? And I appreciate you all thinking about it and talking to your husbands. If you go, great. If your husband's gone, we'll have a good time on the 11th. Okay, um, let's backtrack a little bit and uh, review, and then we're going to move forward and then come back to questions, okay, so we can get through everything. And I believe that um, as we go through the rest of the study, it will answer a lot of questions that were posed a couple of weeks ago. Already. Okay, we, we read in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit was um, introduced to us, if you will. Um, Jesus had promised that he was going to send the comforter, the paraclete, the paracletos, to us. And if you'll remember in John 14, he's having a discussion with his disciples who are, are really upset 
about him leaving. And uh, matter of fact, they're on the brink of panicking. They don't know what they're going to do. And, and he's talking to them. He's comforting them. He's reassuring them that they're not going to be abandoned, that all that he's been teaching, it, it will be there with him. He'll be there with them. And uh, he says that he's going to send his Holy Spirit, and it's the Spirit of God who will be with them, uh, which will be like Jesus, the person being with them. Okay? So in uh, Acts 2, well, he tells them to go and wait because the Holy Spirit is going to be sent. In Acts 2, they're in the upper room, and they're praying. And at some point, they come into one accord. All right? So faith is synchronized. Minds and hearts are synchronized. And then the Holy Spirit comes and descends on them. In Acts 2, we learn that the Holy Spirit comes in a very uh, uh, outwardly expressive way. I mean, he comes with all the, the lights and the... The noise, um, very demonstrative in his appearance. And, uh, and the Bible says that they were filled, and the way people knew they were filled is because they were speaking in this language. Okay? The scripture tells us that all of these folk, the 120 or so that were up in the, in the upper room, spoke in a language, in the languages of all the folks that were in the area. And they had come for the feast, uh, and we call it the, it's Pentecost now. Um, Lord, I just can't think of the name of that feast. The Feast of Weeks, all right, because there, there are seven weeks that are counted from Passover plus one day, which means, makes it 50 days since the Passover. All right, and that's why it was called Pentecost, because Pentecost means 50. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's okay. I, I that's new to me. Mm -hmm. So we're going to listen to a video today. I don't want to uh, pull some of the message that we're going to hear, but it just means 50, and I know everybody gets weirded out at the word Pentecost. It means 50. So um, the uh, disciples... The followers of the way, the followers of Christ begin to speak in this unknown language. And I, I forgot to mention to you that the word tongues in Greek is the word glossolalia or glossa, all right, which basically means uh, language. It's a distinct language given by the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit praying through a person. All right, so let's look at, uh, just look at your notes and we'll read through some points real quick. And section number two, uh, the physical evidence of the giving of the Holy Spirit was the sound of wind, divided tongues of fire that settled on, settled on each person in the upper room and the speaking of an unknown language. I want to make this point that when the Holy Spirit presented himself, it was a very uh, noisy occurrence. And I say that to say because in the West we are very quiet in our worship. But when God presented the Holy Spirit, he came with a bang. So a lot of uh, action going on there. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned. So you need to understand that. We cannot learn this language. Um, the Holy Spirit just gives it to, you, to us. It's a, it's a miraculous occurrence in our lives. All right? 
The disciples in the upper room spoke the languages they couldn't understand. However, the Jews from varying regions could understand them. They spoke, the disciples spoke at least 10 to 13 different languages, and everyone recognized their own native language. So that, that, was, a, that was a miracle. That was a supernatural occurrence, okay? Speaking with tongues has nothing to do with linguistic ability. It's a vocal miracle of the Holy Spirit. The disciples could speak these unlearned languages because the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is powered by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Powered by the Holy Spirit. So, um, <clears throat> there's a lot we don't understand about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we know he's real. We know he's operative in our lives. And uh, we know that, that God has sent him to help us live in this day and time that we are living in. Okay? Mm -hmm. Paul teaches about speaking in tongues, including the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So go to, uh, I gave you that new sheet, uh, Corinthians 14, 1 through 31 and then 39 through 40. Remember that? Okay, so I'm going to read through this for the sake of time. And, um, and then we're going to break it down. Alright, it says, let love be your highest goal. Now remember, Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth. The church of Corinth has all of the gifts operating. All of the gifts are operating in this church. They are new to the way new to the way, but they have embraced Jesus Christ. And they've embraced this uh, notion of the Holy Spirit, if you will. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, but Paul has come to teach them how to operate in these gifts. And here he is addressing them concerning speaking in tongues. Okay? This church is speaking in tongues uh, in a mighty way. And they're just going and blowing. And which was not a bad thing, and we're going to see, I believe it's in verse 39, where Paul tells uh, uh, the church, don't forbid people from speaking in tongues. He said, just let everything be done decently and in order. That's very key, all right, to the relevance, the importance of speaking in tongues. He's just giving guidelines here to them. Also, keep in mind that when he's talking to them, he's speaking to the corporate body. He's speaking to the congregation, not to an individual. Okay? So he's saying, now look, corporately when we get together, there's some ground rules for operating in this gift. Okay? Because we must remember, why were the gifts given? Two reasons. Why? Ministry and to build up the church. All right. Ministry and to build up the church. That is always the focus mm -hmm. of the gospel. That's always been Jesus' primary uh, assignment. is ministry and to build up the church. So Paul says, church, whatever you do with everybody in the same room, make sure we're ministering and it's building up the church. Okay? All right. He says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities or the gifts that God gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God, 
since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it'll all be mysterious. Now remember we talked about that word mystery, okay? And mystery in the Greek basically <coughs> means hidden or secret, okay? And the mysteries of God uh, are these hidden secrets that God does not reveal to anyone except for those who are a part of his um, uh, a part of his household, if you will. It's a part of, of him. But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. All right, you got that? Underline that. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues. Underline that. That's very important. But even more, I wish you could all prophesy. That's very important. We'll talk about prophecy later. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I think it's very interesting. He says, I want you to pray in tongues, but there's a time to do it when we're in a corporate setting. I'd rather you prophesy. Now, do we even do that? Prophesy. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And it can only occur when the Holy Spirit is moving. Okay? So I want to say that because some people, you get so bent out of shape about this speaking in tongues, but this prophecy thing, that's, that's, that's something else to think about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what he says. I'd rather you prophesy. Okay. Uh, where am I? Okay. All right. Thank you. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you're saying so that, the whole, so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how will that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge of prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bu uh, bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. So now again, keep in mind, he's speaking to the corporate body of people. Okay? But if I don't, uh, let's see. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has a meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I'll be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. Un underline that. If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. But I don't understand what I'm saying. Well, then what shall I do? I'll pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. Underline that. Okay, so we have the ability to pray in the Holy Spirit, and you have the ability to pray in your natural tongue. Okay? I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in the words I understand. 
We have the ability to sing in the spirit. It's a beautiful occurrence if you've ever witnessed it. It's just wonderful. And you can sing in your own native tongue. You have that ability. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well. Understand? Underline this. Okay, so he's not poo-pooing on this. Right? He's just giving instructions in a corporate setting. Right? He says you're giving thanks when you praise in the Spirit or pray in the Spirit. But it won't strengthen the people around you who are hearing you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. Underline that, double underline it, triple underline it. Paul, Paul, great writer of all the letters and epistles, epistles was a tongue was a tongue talker. Isn't that something? Mm, okay. But in a church meeting, listen to this. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than ten thousand words in an unknown language. So see where he's making the distinction there? Okay. So he has his personal prayer language. That's what we call it now in the 21st century, right? So he has that prayer language that he, uh, he's able to pray in his own prayer closet, okay? But when he comes to church, there's an order that's set. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babes when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. But even then they'll not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues, listen to this, is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Underline that. Now, I used to read that, so what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Basically, it is a sign for, for those folks who don't know the things about Christ, mm -hmm. that this is an occurrence of Christ. They must be mm -hmm. followers of the way. Oh. And for a long time, that was how the, the people of God knew that they, uh, uh, who other people who were following after Christ. That's how they knew that they followed after, that those folks followed after Christ, was this heavenly language, if you will, mm -hmm. okay? Dear, okay, so uh, it is written in the scriptures, uh, I said that, 22, verse 22. All right, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for un unbelievers, underline that. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Okay, and we'll, we're going to talk about that, but let me just say this. Prophecy is, is for the edification, the encouragement, the building up of the believer. It's not for the world. It's kind of God's little treat for us. Isn't that wonderful? Um, but speaking in tongues is a sign to the world that God is moving in our lives. Isn't that something? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay, let's see. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that makes sense because some of y'all think some of the tongue talkers you heard are crazy. 
But wait, you haven't. I, wait, I have a question of it. Then it but before it said it was for the benefit of the unbelievers, and now they're saying they think they're crazy. People, if people don't understand you, all right? Yes, this is really strange. This is weird. This is warped. Think about some of the things that maybe some of you have said when you heard somebody speaking in tongues. Okay, and so he's saying people are gonna think this. So when you're in a corporate setting. There need to be some guidelines. We can't all just be speaking in tongues and speak in tongues through the whole service because nobody's going to get anything out of it. It's going to scare people. You know, they're going to shut down on you. Okay, so remember, he's just laying the ground rules. But he doesn't say don't speak right. in tongues. Okay. 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 Uh, let's see. Suzanne, yes. I have a story that would go along with this, and y'all may know the name of that guy, I don't know. But the story is that there was a man riding an airplane, and uh, I'm sorry I heard this a long time ago, so I don't remember who it was. So if y'all don't know who it is, help me. Um, he was talking to the Lord, and the Lord said he was sitting by a gentleman from a different remote place. And the Lord says, I want you to speak your tongue out loud. And he's arguing with the Lord, he's like, no, that's weird, you know. No, and the Lord kept saying, I want you to speak your tongue out loud to this man you're sitting by. And after a long time of arguing with the Lord, he finally obeyed. The man started crying. And after he had finished, the man that he was speaking his unknown language, his heavenly language to, said, where did you learn that? He goes, that was my, my mother tongue. And what he, he said... Um, what you what he did was he told him the gospel that he never heard, mm -hmm. and he started crying and he accepted Jesus mm -hmm. by that man obeying the Lord and speaking his heavenly language, which was the man that he sat by. His mother mother so that's how that goes with. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who that was? Mm -hmm. That's like your mom. At the no, moment. yeah, my mother did the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was experience. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. And so, do, you, do you know what you're saying, or do you not know what you're saying? That's what I'm. Confused. Yeah, sometimes you don't. Like sometimes you do. But let's keep moving. Okay, get to that. Okay, okay let's keep that moving. Okay. Let me get through that. That was a story for where she's talking about for the unbelievers. Yeah, yeah. It's a sign. Okay, uh, verse twenty-four. But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into the meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly here among you. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, okay? Oh, I keep. One will speak in tongues, another will interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present, who can? Uh, if, but if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. So here's here's the rule he's saying. In a corporate setting, if we're going to speak in tongues, he says, okay, that's cool, but there needs to be an interpreter. All right, and what he's not saying is, and the Holy Spirit will lead 
those people at, uh, who are to pray in tongues corporately. And he'll touch the hearts of the person that's supposed to interpret it. Okay. All right. But he said, uh, let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what's said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who will prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn to be encouraged. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. So in the corporate church, there should be a lot of prophesying going on in our worship services. Because God is able to touch the lives of people around us. And of course, we know we don't have a lot of that going on. Because we're just not taught. And, 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 and that gift, the gift of prophecy, is not given the freedom uh, to operate in our churches. But there should be a lot going on. Um, so my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. Okay? Be sure that everything is done properly in order. All right, so let's dissect this, okay? And I think it's going to address a lot of questions. All right, let's go to B, page 2. Paul teaches about speaking in tongues, including the gifts of tongues and the interpretation of tongues in 1 Corinthians. Alright, speaking in tongues is a language that God understands, we see that in verse 1, not people, unless the Holy Spirit gives the interpretation. One is speaking mysteries, these hidden secrets, if you will, okay, these hidden revelations, these hidden pieces of wisdom and knowledge that the Lord will not allow the whole world to know, okay. Um, and uh, we are speaking these mysteries or secrets in our spirit, okay, or in his spirit. When speaking in tongues, one is praying in her spirit. And that should be a lowercase s, lowercase s, not, not uppercase. So when you're praying in tongues, you're praying in your spirit, okay? Speaking in tongues builds or conditions the, the individual. And you, we, you, we saw that in verse uh, 4. Um, when we pray in tongues, it conditions our spirit. It builds us up. Okay. Uh, verse 4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. And I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. My mom used to, when I was in college, she would call. I told you, you know, there's four things she'd always ask me. You're drinking water. Are you, are you uh, getting rest? <laughs> Are you praying in the spirit? And it was a, are you brushing your teeth? <laughs> Every time. Okay? And she knew more than I knew at that time. So when we pray in the spirit, there's a lot of things going on, but one of the things that's going on is we are becoming, it strengthens us spiritually. It's like a weight. When you go to the gym and you lift, lift that weight, right, and it builds the muscle. So when you pray in tongues, it's building the muscle of your spirit. And why do you need your spirit uh, developed so that you can receive those those hidden mysteries, those revelations of God. When you read the Word, now you're starting to get the meat of the God popping out. You're able to see it. You can hear it when it's being preached. You're able to discern what's happening in the world around you so that we can pray or act on it, move on it, okay? So when we have flabby spirits, um, we really have flabby lives. Okay? in order to be powerful in the Lord. And we want to be powerful. We want to be able to 
when somebody's sick, we want that power to lay hands on them and they recover. They become whole. We want to speak to evil situations and command the devil out of that situation so that the love of Christ can come in and bring redemption and restoration. We want that, don't we? Yeah, we want that. You know? We want to be able to speak peace in our house and peace be still in our house. We want that. We really do. Amen. Okay. Well, praying in tongues helps. It helps us. Okay. Uh, in a corporate setting, the tongues must be interpreted so others can be blessed by what is spoken. We're going to address that a little later. We can pray and sing in the Spirit. We can pray in our native tongue. When you praise in the Spirit, you indeed give thanks well. Uh, Paul prayed in tongues. That's very important. Paul prayed in tongues, and it can be inferred uh, that uh, the other disciples probably did too, and a lot of uh, followers of Christ. Tongues are a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues was not forbidden in the Holy Church, in the early church. Wasn't forbidden. It was a part of the giving of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at these scriptures. Acts 2. Um, because uh, here we see where what happens when people have been filled with the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, you know about this. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames and tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. This is an important scripture to pay attention to. When the Holy Spirit introduced himself to humanity in this way, look at what what happened? We cannot deny that. We cannot ignore that. And some people do believe that, um, that uh, the gifts, the operation of the Holy Spirit ceased in the first century church. We know that not to be the case. He's alive and well. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Where did they get that? I don't know. I mean, I think I grew up in a church that believed that, but you know, I still don't know where they picked that up. I, I, I don't know. But they did. And there are a lot of people who still believe that. All right? Um, but I don't believe that. Because I've just experienced the Holy Spirit too much in my own personal life. All right? And I see him moving. And all of us, none of us, thank you, Lord, none of us could be saved without the operation of the Holy Spirit because salvation comes through the Holy Spirit. None of us. Okay. Okay. Acts 8. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on them, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power, too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands, my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that something? 
So they've received Christ, but they've not been taught about the Holy Spirit. So they couldn't receive him without somebody talking about him. And somebody did. And they had their hearts open. Now this is Samaria. This is Samaria. These are not Jewish folk. These are Gentile people. They don't know the Torah. They don't know about this God, Yahweh. Okay? But there's something about this gospel that has touched their heart. And they're open to receiving. Isn't that something? And they receive. And then Simon, okay, uh, with his enterprising self, he's like, ooh, we can make money off of this. <laughs> All right. Now, the inference is that here, the scripture doesn't say they prayed in tongues, they gave to speak in tongues, but it's inferred. Why? Because Simon saw something. He saw something. And so some scholars believe that they prayed in tongues in this situation here, mm -hmm. and the power of God was uh, witnessed. All right, Acts 9. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and he was baptized. So here, this is where Paul was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we learn in Corinthians, he spoke in tongues. Mm -hmm. Okay? Acts 10, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, the heathens, the dogs. For they heard them, by the way, that would be us. Okay? Thank God for the adoption into the Bible. For, uh, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for seven days. Let's go to this next last scripture. While Apollos, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. <clears throat> Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't, heard, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. So they did both. Isn't that wonderful? They did both. They were, and there were about 12 men. Not a woman thing. 12 men in all. So women, men can be filled with the Holy Spirit and have a prayer language and prophesy and operate in the gifts. Okay. In three of the instances, the evidence that the believers had received the Holy Spirit was that they spoke in tongues. In the other two, it can be inferred. Okay, that, that came along with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's talk about why is speaking in tongues important. 
Number one, it enables us to pray in the Spirit and praise God. We can give perfect praise to the Lord by praying in the Spirit. We are very limited in our own intellect in praising God. That's why I teach people, when you praise God, use this word. Use the word of God because there's not a, enough really that we can say and we tend to repeat over and over and over, you know, the things that, that we like to say. But this word, it, it, it helps us to expound our praise. And now we start talking about his character, we talk about his acts, we talk about who he is in our praise. Okay? Praise is very important. All right. First Corinthians 14.2. Um, well, let's go with this real. Okay. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you, and neither will the devil. So that only is real important. So when we pray in tongues, God understands you, but the enemy doesn't. And that's a good thing. So... When we pray in English or in our native tongue, the enemy knows exactly where to attack because we, we're telling him through our praying, oh God, this is happening, oh God, help me here, oh God, I want to do this. And the enemy's like, doop, 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 doop. we know right where to go and mess with her, okay? But when we pray in the spirit, it, it just, he, he, he can't decode the language. He doesn't know the language. And so it throws him off. And I believe that is why, over the centuries, he creates so much confusion about the language of God. Because as long as he can keep us talking in our native tongue, he knows exactly how to attack. Mm -hmm. Now, I teach people, when you pray, pray the word of God. Because it is more powerful than the enemy. It defeats the works of the enemy. So when we pray his word, it comes against him, and when we pray in tongues, it comes against him. See that? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. First um, Corinthians 14, uh, 14 through 17, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I'm, I'm not going to know what I'm saying. What, uh, well, then what should I do? So I, I can pray in the spirit, and I can also pray in my native tongue. Now, when you're in your personal prayer language, okay, and he talks about that. He says you can pray personally. You can go home. You can take this home with you and pray. You can pray anywhere in the Spirit. That's your personal prayer language, okay? Um, <clears throat> you're praying in, in your Spirit. It's your Spirit praying. It's the Spirit of God praying in you. And he prays through your Spirit. He bypasses your intellect. He bypasses this mind. But the mind has to yield to the Spirit of God praying in you. Oh, look, let's put our, come on, let's put our faith hats on. Mm -hmm. Lord, help us to understand your word by faith in Jesus' name. Come on, put your hat on. No, really, put your hat on. Come on, put your faith hat on, okay? Because we understand the things of God by faith, okay? All right, so you can pray in the Spirit. You can pray in your native tongue, okay? When, uh, for if you praise God only in the spirit, how, okay, now he's, where he's back to talking to the corporate church. Um, let's go down to Ephesians 6. Pray in the spirit at all times. 
and at all occasions. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, praying in the Spirit doesn't just mean uh, pray in tongues, but it does include that. Okay? When you pray in the Spirit, you have to be in tune with where the Lord is leading you, what the Lord wants to pray about, how the Lord is moving. That's how we pray in the Spirit. Praise and worship helps us to get there. Okay? Our studying the Word of God and meditating it and repeating it over in our spirits helps us to get there. Mm -hmm. And we don't, it's not like you got to do a lot of stuff, step out of something, step into something, wiggle a little bit, you know. When you pray in the Spirit, then you are allowing yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes you're going to pray in tongues. There have been times when I've just been out in Houston, and all of a sudden, it's like this rivers of living water. This praying in tongues just starts coming up, and I just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I trust him. I don't, I don't have to know everything that he's praying through me. Okay? He's proven himself worthy to me and trustworthy. But when that happens, then I know that God wants to pray about something within my vicinity. There's something going on that I have no uh, mental awareness about. But he sees everything. He knows everything. And so because I allow him to just pray through me, these perfect prayers, he's able to pray and deal with whatever he needs to deal with at that time. Everybody understand that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you do that quietly? Hmm? Do you do that quietly or out loud? Well, I'm usually, well, it, uh, if I'm in a car, if I'm in the car, I'm praying out loud. If I'm in the store, and that happens every once in a while, I do pray quietly, but it's audibly. So you, you really can't pray in the spirit in your head. It's a language. Mm -hmm. you got to speak a language. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of pray quietly, you know. But let me tell you, the, the Holy Spirit is not going to embarrass you. I'm, I promise you. Okay? It's all in order when he's moving through you. Okay? How do you, who's ever been touched uh, by the Holy Spirit to pray for a situation uh, in a setting that was outside of your own home or outside of the church and you knew you needed to pray and you just prayed right then? Who's experienced that? Okay. Did you just pray quietly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, how'd you pray? Well, I'm, you mean physically I was outside. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm Okay, but it, you it prayed. Was, How yes. did you pray? You prayed. You put some vocals behind the prayer. Okay, mm -hmm. the same thing was praying in tongues. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's go down to Acts ten. Uh, Acts ten said, "For they heard them speaking in other tongues and um, praising God." Mm, all right, let's go over the number two. Speaking in tongues edifies and builds us up. I've already talked about that. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, a person who speaks in tongues is built up. Strengthened means built up, like building a house. That's what that word in Greek. Now, if Pastor Kim had done these, uh, uh, less, this lesson, she'd have put the Greek word down there for you. I don't do that. I just put the meaning. <laughs> okay. All right, so the word strengthen 
means to build up, like building a house, not encouraging someone, but actually laying a foundation, laying the frame, uh, putting the, the uh, sheetrock uh, on the frame, running the, the electricity through the frame, all of that. So when we pray in tongues, he's building the house. Mm -hmm. And as we get older in him, and if we will stick with him, and trust him in this area, we become more mature in him. We become stronger in him because he's building the house in us, okay? All right. Now, look at uh, 14.4. Let me just mention, but one who speaks a word of prophecy also builds up the church. So here's a distinction, okay? When we pray in tongues, your personal prayer language, that's building you up. When we prophesy in a corporate setting, that is building up the church. Everybody got that? Okay. What does prophesy look like? Sound like? We're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Prophesy. Prophesying, uh, basically, uh, we prophesy in one of two ways. One, declaring the word with a mm -hmm. power and a boldness mm -hmm. that only the Holy Spirit can give you. Okay. The second way is speaking prophetically about those things that are to come or speaking about a situation the Lord wants us to know about. Okay. okay. All right. But we're going to talk about that. All right. Uh, Jude 1.20. Look at this. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Speaking in tongues can be spoken during your personal time in prayer with God. Back to 1 Corinthians, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking to God. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, and it will all be mysterious. It'll, you'll be praying the, the secrets of God. Um, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Okay? Let's see. All right, let's go down um, where Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. All right? So here Paul is telling the church, I have a prayer language. And that's the point I wanted to address in this particular. Uh, I wanted to highlight. Paul has his own personal prayer language. All right, let's go to page four. All right, the gift of tongues in public ministry must be used with wisdom and extreme care. During public worship, speaking in tongues may occur All right, uh, during periods of praise and worship. Now, I'm telling you, this, they may occur. All right, and this is Suzette uh, giving you information here, okay, based on my own experience. So, speaking in tongues may occur during periods of praise and worship. That's a great time to pray in tongues. Why? Because it's loud, and everybody is praising God. And when you pray in the Spirit, people around you aren't really going to hear you. They're not paying attention. You're not distracting. You won't cause someone to freak out. <laughs> okay. So, that's a great time to pray. Uh, when instructed by the worship leader or a pastor. So, in churches that... Uh, teach praying in tongues. 
Sometimes the worship leader or the pastor will say, okay, now let's all pray in the spirit together. Okay, and what happens in, during that time is it, it, it pulls the congregation together. It kind of gets everybody on the same page mm -hmm. together. And they're praising God. Okay, and that's a beautiful experience. Um, in public ministry, you can pray in tongues during specific prayer times when the church family is instructed to pray together about a specific topic. When the Holy Spirit leads a person to speak in tongues to the entire congregation, the gift of tongues is in operation. There will always be several interpreters and at least one of them will be prompted to give the interpretation. During this special time, the Holy Spirit will inform the congregation that he's moving in this way. So all I can tell you about this is, and this is what um, Paul was addressing when he said, look, corporately, if somebody's going to pray in tongues, there's usually two or three of y'all that, that's got the message, and there's usually two or three people who have the interpretation, because that's how the Holy Spirit works. Mm -hmm. um, so in a corporate setting, this has been my experience, it usually has occurred during praise and worship. And it's a great time because the Spirit has basically descended among the people. He dwells in our praise. And He wants to bless the people. And so someone will begin to pray in tongues and immediately your spirit will know there's something different about this person praying in tongues than all these other folks that have been praying in tongues you know, in our praise and worship. And, and so the Holy Spirit will just kind of quiet everybody down. He just witnesses within everybody's spirit, this is me. And that person will give that tongue, and it is different. And they'll say, you know, they'll just go forth, go forth until the Lord is done. And then there will be that person who can interpret, and usually the, the pastor or the worship leader will say, who has the interpretation? And somebody will stand up. It might be two or three. And then that pastor will say, okay, go for it. And then that person will, in, will in, in, um, interpret, okay? Not translate, mm -hmm. but interpret what that person said. And when God speaks like that, it's a message for the whole church. And usually it's to bless the whole church. Okay? It's a great experience. We don't see that as much now. Um, and I just think it's because of the condition of the church. Because, we, you know, we've kind of just set aside some parts of God. And God will not operate where he's not wanting. Okay? Uh, believers may pray in tongues quietly, and this is during church, during altar call, any time during the service is led by the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is for anyone who desires them. The gift of tongues will be used to bring a corporate message to a community of faith. Uh, speaking in tongues is given for personal uh, use, we call it personal prayer language, and corporate use. One can use their personal prayer language privately at any time, as long as you are not causing a distraction when you're around people, say, Praying in tongues is not a badge of honor for boasting, and it should never be a distraction. The Holy Spirit and all he has to offer is for every believer. Acts 2.33, Now he, exalt, he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. 
just as you see it here today. It's for all of us. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children. Mm, I love this. It's my hope for my own kids. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. All right? So um, this person said, what do we do? After they have heard this 120 pray in tongues. This was during this Pentecost experience. So what do we do to receive this? So that that person didn't run away. And there were some, you know, who said, well, they just drunk. Mm -hmm. You know, they just were drinking too much. This person's heart was open. All right, let's talk about the interpretation of tongues. What is it? It's an explanation of what was said in tongues, which is revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's not a translation, a word-for-word -word rendering. Uh, the tongues into the known language of the, the congregation. Okay, so the Holy Spirit has to reveal what he said. He has to do that. What is the purpose of the interpretation of tongues? The purpose is to render the gift of tongues understandable to everybody who hears it. That's why we have the interpretation. To edify or build up the congregation that's receiving the message. What's the role in our private life? Praying in tongues privately helps us to pray more accurately and effectively about a prayer topic. That is so important. And I tell you, um, you know, you, um, I'm just giving you this information and you'll make the choice as to whether or not you want to receive this part of the Holy Spirit. But I'm here to tell you, when I can pray in the Spirit over my children, it brings me relief. See? Because I know that the Holy Spirit is dealing with areas that I don't know anything about. Sometimes I'm praying about things that I do have knowledge of, but as a mom, I don't know what to do. Because this child is old enough now, and I can't, I can't change that child's mind or heart. I can't influence them like I used to. And I will pray in the Holy Spirit and trust the Lord to take care of things. Now remember, prayer has to go forth so that the Lord can operate in the earth. Mm -hmm. That's why we're praying. Okay? And we'll listen, man, I tell you, I think I've prayed more in tongues since my children have been teenagers than I have in my whole life. <laughs> Amen. Okay? Is it, can I ask you, does it activate or elevate your prayer? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Does it activate? Even more so. For example, it seems like my prayers are so all about me. Yeah. I've got this problem, this yes. issue, blah, blah, blah. All about me. But does do the tongues and the, the, the very language of the Holy Spirit elevate it so it's not all about me? It's, it's, yes. It's about the Holy yes. Spirit. It's about praising God. It's about perfect, not perfecting my prayer, but really fulfill, filling, fleshing it out. Yes. Maybe. It does all of that. Mm hmm when you pray in tongues, you are praising God. All this, all this stuff is happening at the same time. You know, mm -hmm. it's beyond our uh, comprehension. Mm -hmm. And it does take you outside of your four. And no more. Mm 
So when we pray in tongues, he will take us into areas that we don't have, uh, we're not aware of. Mm -hmm. There's no way that intellectually we would know. Okay. It does uh, elevate your prayer life. You become more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And you become more mature in, in we're praying. I don't know if you, uh, you can tell a person who's mature in the Lord just by the words they're saying in their, in their prayer life. Mm -hmm. And it helps us to get there. Because remember, we're praying to accomplish His purposes. Most of the time I'm doing that when I'm away from them. When you're away from them. When I'm away from them. Now they they uh they all have their prayer languages. Uh, and it's a blessing they received it in youth prayer at the we call it. Youth church. Youth church. That's where they receive their prayer languages. And so uh, a couple of them I didn't even know they had it until we were praying as a family. And they started praying at tongues, and I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes parents, you know, when we offer something to them, they don't always want to receive. <laughs> y'all don't have to. Y'all don't have to. You do if your children are rolling their eyes when this is here. I think you have Bible study. And you take this information and you teach it. Teach them and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Mm -hmm. That's what I think you do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, education is key, right? Because I think your heart opens up a little bit more when you have a better understanding. Let me see plan now, and then later it'll go. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's roll real quick. Now, um, can we run late today? Can we run late today? Yes. Okay, so we can finish this up because I really want you to hear this video. But okay, it's going to pull it all together. All right, uh, what is the role of the interpretation of tongues in our private prayer life? Oh, I already did that. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, look at number two, C2. When you pray in tongues, God understands what you are saying. That's important. And then I added a third point. The gifts of tongues and the interpretations of tongues, uh, tongues operate together. So the outward manifestation is similar to the gift of prophecy. Okay. So, so let me say this. You have your personal prayer language. We saw that um, Paul referred to a language that we just pray, pray in personally. In Corinthians, he said, "I got that." Okay, and then he talked about the corporate prayer language. Both of them are part of the gift of speaking in tongues. So there's kind of a there's a parallel track in that gift. It's that speaking in tongues for you, and then speaking in tongues for the congregation. Speaking in tongues personally helps you. We saw that in the word. Speaking in tongues corporately helps the whole church. Okay. So speaking of tongues is not a bad thing. And when the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues are working together, then it's similar to the gift of prophecy. All right? Because God is giving a message. He's sending a message through the two working together. 
just like he's sending a message just through prophecy in that native language. All right? Any questions real quick while I figure out how to any questions? A lot to chew on, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good chew, though. I think I have a complicated question. Okay. But, so I was thinking, you said a couple weeks ago, like when you pray, you pray out loud. Yeah. And I have found, like, it's much more powerful, like, if I do pray out loud. Yeah. The same that confuses me then if I pray out loud, then it, you know, it, it can be heard. But God knows your thoughts. So I am so sometimes when you're praying out loud, what you had just said about like evil and hear what you're saying. Yeah. So kind of like well it's better to pray quiet, like in your head. So that confuses me. Like, okay, you know, that, and uh, thank you for bringing that up. I'm sorry. That's a good like point. No. <laughs> no, when we when we pray, the the emphasis for um, the purpose for praying is to accomplish God's will. Okay. The benefit of praying is that we get to address some of our stuff too. Okay? But if we really use it for the purpose it was designed, then we're going to declare God's word in order to accomplish his will for our lives. And the word of God is given power through our speaking it. So that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about when I say we should pray out loud. We should pray his word out loud. And even if and it's okay to when you're praying out loud and let him know what you're, what's happening in your life, that's a good thing. But back it up with the word. Because the word is what fights for you and what brings uh, the, the, the uh, blessings of God into your life. Does that make sense? means yeah. word being the scripture. The scripture. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. So use the scripture. An example would be if you are, like, you have your Bible with you maybe and Go through some scripture while you're praying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. <coughs> Matter of fact, you know, we've got these kingdom words to change your life. You know, those little books. That's why I wrote them to help people get to the scriptures quickly. Because a lot of people just don't have uh, a working knowledge of scripture. But that helps them to get to the scriptures that deal with whatever topic they're praying about. Okay? So you want to practice praying his word. You can plug yourself into his word. All right? Mm -hmm. And the word is a spiritual entity. That's what the Bible says. The word, the word is a spiritual is what? Entity. Entity. It is spirit. The mm -hmm. word is spirit. Mm -hmm. so, so if I'm saying my prayers, I'm not saying it out loud, like, that's okay. That's yes, that's okay. But if you want to, if you want to receive what the Lord has for you, you want to learn how to practice praying it out loud. We want to imitate God. That's what I believe Galatians tells us. Imitate God like dearly beloved children. Okay? How did God create the world? He spoke it. He spoke it. It was already in his mind. So then don't worry about putting it out there. You know what I mean? Like Oh yeah, don't worry, right. God's got you. God's got you. Alright? Just put some word behind it. Okay. Remember the word is like a two-edged sword, so it fights for us, mm -hmm. and it also produces. The word is also <coughs> in waters, and it causes things to grow. There's a lot going on with the word. So uh, we're going to talk about prayer, and uh, go, go into detail about that. Mm -hmm.
But let me tell you some myths about speaking in tongues because this will help you to understand. So you, I even put this as a sub-point under this point. Three myths about speaking in tongues. So if you want to write these down, it will help you to remember and to go back in your mind. Three myths about speaking in tongues. The first myth is that you start speaking it fluently the first day. You start speaking it fluently the first day. Now, I want you to understand something. People think, well, that's what they did on the day of Pentecost. That's not, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say they spoke fluently. It says they heard fluently. Can I say that one more time? It doesn't say they spoke fluently. It says the people heard them fluently in their own language. That was the miracle. And they yielded their tongues to the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about bridling our tongues or submitting our tongues to God. Isn't it amazing that the first thing that the Holy Spirit changes when He comes is the tongue? Mm -hmm. And they had to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Think about this. You don't start speaking any language fluently. And have any of you here learned a second language? Just here if you've learned a second language. Did you start speaking it fluently the first time? No. You don't start speaking it fluently. Babies don't start speaking fluently. And, and here's the amazing thing. We think it's cute. It doesn't bother us when our children mispronunciate words. In the same way, so many people are afraid. Well, I, I might not do it right. Even if you don't do it right, your father likes it. He likes it. He'll like that you're trying all right, here's the second myth I want to tell you. Uh, this is a myth now. You can't control it. Uh, you know, you just, you kind of go into a trance. And uh, you just start speaking in tongues. And a lot of people are afraid about this because they feel like, you know, one day I'm going to be at Kroger's. <laughs> and I'm just going to grab the thing and just start speaking in tongues. Because I won't be able to control it. Well, I think about some of the other gifts. What about the gift of teaching? Uh, can you control the gift of teaching? Sure you can. can. Can you control the gift of prophecy? Sure you can. Matter of fact, it says it is subject to the prophets. So, sir, you can control the other gifts. Why can't you control this gift? You can. It is an act of your will. It is cooperating with the Holy Spirit. And then the third myth is that it's just going to jump out of you one day. You know, I prayed for our pastor, and, uh, you know, if God sees fit to give me this gift, well, he's given you this gift. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has given you this. Well, if he sees fit, you know, one day, I'm sure it'll, it'll just come out of me. Well, that really, that, that's as foolish to believe that way, and I don't mean that in the wrong way, but it's as foolish to believe that as if today, you're, you know, when you're leaving the sanctuary, you walk by the offering box, and the dollar just jumps out of your pocket into the box. And you say, look, honey, I've got the gift of giving. <laughs> I've been praying for the gift, and, and the Lord gave it to me. No, it's not going to, a dollar's not going to just jump out of your pocket. You're going to have to stop at the box. You're going to have to pull your checkbook out, write a large, uh, write a check, <laughs> and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So number one, it's a language. Number two, it is a language of the Spirit. Now this is very, very Important. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It is a language of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit 
he speaks mysteries. Now, that is clear that he says, he who speaks in a tongue, isn't speaking to men, but he's speaking to God. No one understands this. But in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He speaks in a tongue in the spirit. I want you to remember, in the spirit. Now, I want you to show you two other verses in chapter 14. And I would, I'd like to ask you to do something that I don't ask you very often to do. I'd like to ask you to memorize these two verses. These will help you understand a prayer language, in my opinion, more than any other verses in the Bible. They're very, very clear. So look at verses 14 and 15. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, notice by the way, if I, it's a choice. Paul is saying, if I do this, it's a choice. If I pray in a tongue, watch, my spirit prays. But my understanding, that's his mind, is unfruitful. I don't understand it in my mind, but I'm doing it in obedience. What is the conclusion then? Now watch carefully. I will pray with the Spirit. That has to be referring to praying in tongues. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. In other words, with my mind or with the language I speak. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. This is so clear. It is so clear. He said, if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. If you just say that over and over and over, and that's the Bible, by the way, okay? So if there's anything that rises up in you, that you get a little upset over this, I want you to think about that because I understand that because I used to feel this way. I used to feel this way. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not getting down on you. But I'm telling you, I remember coming to the place one day where I thought to myself, why in the world would something rise up in me like that when I'm reading the Bible? This is the Bible. Okay, here's what he said. If I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. And then he says, so what's the conclusion of what I'm saying? Well, I'll pray with the spirit. That would be in tongues. And I'll pray with my understanding, with my mind. And I'll sing with the spirit. I'll sing. Think about this. How many people only pray with their own understanding? How many of your prayers are not really being fulfilled because you're only praying with your understanding? Is it possible that the Spirit has more understanding than you have about the situation? How many people only pray? See, the Spirit, we're, we're spirit, soul, and body. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Think about it this way. How many people only pray soulish prayers? We only pray what we can understand by our own limited understanding. Now, let me tell you what happened. When, when, when I um, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is what I'm going to talk about next weekend, okay? So that's what I'm going to share on next weekend. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I did not speak in tongues at that time. I had a stronghold in my mind built up. As a matter of fact, I had been taught, not by all in my denomination, but by some, and this, this is amazing to me, I had been taught that it was demonic that it was of the devil. Now what do you think about that? How in the world did we ever get to the place that we taught that a gift of the Holy Spirit was demonic? That's amazing. That is amazing to me. So I said to my pastor, what do I do? He said, well, sometime when you're alone, so you won't be embarrassed, when you're alone and you're in your quiet time and you're reading your Bible and you're praying when you're in the presence of God, he said, just open your mouth and start speaking syllables that you don't know. You just yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, I thought it would just pop out of me. And I thought, he said, no, no, no. There's a gift of tongues and there's a grace of tongues. There's, there's a message in tongues through the Lord. And there is a, 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 a yielding and a praying in tongues. 
So he said, you have to yield to this. And he taught me some of the things that I'm teaching you. And so I, I said, okay. So I started doing that. About a week or two later, he said to me, how's it going? I said, I don't know. I just said, it's going fine, but I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. He said, well, do you always feel something when you pray in English? Or do you sometimes just pray by faith? Do you always feel when you tithe? Do you always feel something when you tithe? Or do you just tithe in faith? And so I, he said, it's just like anything else in the Christian life. You have to do it by faith. So I said, okay. So I kept, and a few months later, I'll never forget, I was speaking somewhere at a church, and in the morning I was praying. The sun was actually, I remember, coming up, and I was walking around the hotel swimming pool. No one was out there. And I was praying in English, just praying for the day. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to. The Bible says, you know this, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And so I started, and all of a sudden, an unction and an anointing came on me. And I felt like I was preaching under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was speaking in this language that I didn't know. And I was gesturing, and I could feel. And, and I would, I would, you know, Paul said, pray that you may interpret. And sometimes I would have a picture of one of my kids in my mind, and I would pray. Or my family, or something like that. But the breakthrough came after being obedient. It's much like tithing in that we start, we don't feel anything, and then a breakthrough comes later. Uh, let me show you just a couple other scriptures on this. Uh, if uh, Many people don't know uh, that this is actually part of your armor. Did you know that? This is part of the armor of God. Ephesians 6, many people read this and stop before the last verse. I'm not going to read all of it. But let me show you the last two verses of our armor. Ephesians 6, verses 17 and 18. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Watch verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Part of our armor is praying in the Spirit. The NIV says it this way. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer requests. Jude verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Is it possible that you are losing some battles because you're not building yourself up spiritually? Mm -hmm. Is it possible you're losing some battles because you're putting on your whole armor? Is it possible you're losing some battles because you're not allowing your spirit to pray? You're only praying through your soul. So all right, here's point number three. Number three is, it's a pure language. And flip back to Genesis 11. I didn't tell you to turn to it a moment ago uh, because it's tradition to only turn to two passages of Scripture here. <laughs> I'm joking. It's just easy to find Genesis 11. You just go back to the first of the Bible. Genesis chapter 11. Do you remember the Tower of Babel? That's Genesis 11. Look, look at Genesis 11 verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Now look at me just for a moment. The whole earth had one language. What language was that? Now some would say Hebrew. Well, the next chapter is where God calls Abram and the Jewish nation is his birth. I don't think it was Hebrew. Uh, I don't think it was English. <laughs> the whole earth had one language. Is it possible? that it was a heavenly language. God put Adam and Eve in the garden and they walked and talked with God every day. Do you think maybe they spoke a heavenly language? Maybe. Then they sinned. The whole earth becomes sinful. God tries to start all over with Noah. They become sinful again. So he begins the Jewish nation through Abram and sets his laws through them. Okay. But 
But this is right before Abraham. Abraham is Genesis 12. <coughs> now watch this. The whole earth had one language. Look at verse 5. But the Lord came down. They're trying to build a city and a tower to heaven. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, watch very carefully, this is God talking. Indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, listen to what God said. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us, notice again the Trinity, go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And the Lord confused them and then scattered them. All right. I want you to think about this. They had one language. And God said, they're trying to build a tower to heaven. Now, our obvious question when we read this would be, well, why didn't God let them try? You want to know the answer? According to Scripture, they could have done it. God said, nothing they propose to do will be withheld from them. Mm -hmm. In essence, here's what he said. We better take this language away. Because with this language, all things are possible. Now listen to me carefully. Is it possible that if you will use this language, that what you pray for, nothing will be without you? Now listen why. Because you're not praying soulless prayers, you're praying spiritual prayers. Did you catch that? See, your soul isn't praying a selfish prayer. Your spirit is praying a spiritual prayer for your children, for your marriage. And nothing that you propose will be withheld from you with this one language. Okay, so here's what happens. They've got this language, and God says, we're going to take that language away. So he takes it away, and this is where all the languages are for. This is where they come from. And watch very carefully. Watch. I'm going to show you another verse. I'm going to just put it on the screen. Zephaniah, this is talking about when Jesus comes and the Holy Spirit comes. All right? Watch this. Zephaniah 3.9. Then I will restore, restore to the peoples a pure language that they all may call on the name of the Lord or pray to serve Him with one accord. Did you see the Latin words, by the way? One accord? You remember where we started? Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with what? One accord. And Zephaniah, talking about when the Holy Spirit comes, says, I will restore to the people a pure language. I want you to notice this word, restore. He didn't say, I'll give or I'll create. He said, I'll give back. I'm going to give back to the peoples, which he makes it plural, nations, all the dialects, all the languages that I created back in Genesis 11. I'm going to give them back the language that nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. And I'm going to give them a pure language. Can, can I tell you something? There's only one language that has no profanity. I've been in over 60 nations. I preached in over 60 nations. Nearly every nation, I've had an interpreter tell me something similar to this. Uh, don't say that. <laughs> that. That doesn't mean here what you think it means. <laughs> because there's profanity in every language. But there's one language that there's no profanity in. There's one language that's pure. And God said, I'm going to give it back. I'm going to give them back a pure language. 
years ago, after I'd been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but before I was praying in my prayer language, I was with this friend of mine, and he was about to speak, and he said, hey, let's pray before the service. So I said, okay. So we went and found a little classroom somewhere, and we got on our knees beside these little chairs, and we started praying. And he prayed, and I prayed, and then he prayed, and then I prayed, you know. And then it got kind of quiet, and then all of a sudden, he started praying in a prayer language. Now, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you, okay, what I thought. Here's, here, here's what I thought. I thought to myself, he's not good at this, is he? I mean, it was the most disjointed. It was, you know, ba, wa, da, ba, wa, ka, no, be. And I thought to myself, did he mention a Star Wars character? <laughs> That was just, it just wasn't that good, you know? And I heard some other people, and boy, it was just, well, it was beautiful, you know? And I, I got a little tickled, even. I got, I just, I just, I just, Now, here's the other problem. I forgot that the Lord overhears our thoughts. <laughs> I'm standing there in my mind thinking, this guy's not that good. And the Lord said to me, well, at least he has the courage to try. And here's what I'm saying to you. As your pastor, I don't want every person to get to church to pray in the Spirit. And I'm asking you to just have the courage to try. Isn't it amazing that the first thing that the Holy Spirit did when he came at Pentecost was to touch people's tongues. And isn't it also amazing that there's so much controversy over this gift of the Holy Spirit? I want to encourage you to read the Bible, to see what the Bible says, and to submit your tongue to the Holy Spirit every day. To just say, Lord, I want you to use my mouth today. And to allow the Spirit of God to pray through you. That's what the Bible says. We went through many, many scriptures in this message. And I want to encourage you, even though maybe you've heard negative things about this gift, don't allow those negative things to influence you away from obeying the scripture. Because if we will take a few moments to do that and submit our minds to the Holy Spirit, then during the day the Holy Spirit can stop us and don't stop. you the link, all right? Okay. Okay. Watch it. That, this is my third or fourth time watching. I just think it's such a great message. It explains it so well. So this is what I want us to do before we pray, all right? I want you to just trust God for the next five minutes. And if you felt something rumbling in your spirit mm -hmm. as you were listening, I don't want us to leave without you um, if you're receiving what the Lord has for you, okay? And I want you to believe the Lord to give you his language. If this is what you want, if you have a desire based on what, we, what we've been talking about, somebody else I know talk, probably you've heard a teaching before, 
this is the time to receive him, okay? And open up your hearts to him. And as Pastor Morris said, just be willing to let the Holy Spirit use your time. Isn't that a great way he, he put that? All right, so let's stand. We're going to pray. God is faithful. And he promises that he won't withhold any good thing from us. And this is a good thing. If you're ready, the Lord is always ready. Okay? And just remember that this blossom, this blossom lamb, is for God's purpose. So that we can minister and we can build up the church. We can be more effective in our praying when we pray not only for our families, for our community, for our schools. You know, can you imagine what we can do when we go walk our schools now mm -hmm. and just pray in the Spirit mm -hmm. and the Holy Ghost in this pure language mm -hmm. can take care of everything He wants to take care of. Touch anybody He wants to touch. Alright? So, um, let's just pray. And if you want to receive your language, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to do that. And I'm going to lay hands just because we read scripture mm -hmm. about how Paul laid hands on the believers. And they were believers. And I love what Pastor Moore said. It's just not going to, that language won't just jump out of some of you. Some of you will. You're just going to begin to speak. Lord, it's just going to flow. But some of you, as my uh, good friend Dr. Allen said yesterday, he said, for two years, all he said was, ugh. <laughs> ugh, ugh. And he said, Lord, what is this ugh? <laughs> but over the two-year period, God just developed his language. And now his tongue is freer. So, Father, um, we thank you for this word. We thank you, God, for your spirit and your gifts. And we thank you for this gift of tongues. Thank you for helping us to understand better the purpose for it. Lord, we, we receive this gift not just so, not so we can say we're tongue talkers. <laughs> we receive the gift so that you, God, can pray through us this pure language and perform what you want to perform in our personal lives and in our corporate lives. Now, I just want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, Father I receive you, I receive and I love you. And I, love you. I acknowledge that Jesus is your son. I acknowledge that Jesus is your Son. And that you have given us your Holy Spirit. And you have given us your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. I open my heart to you. I open my heart to you. And I submit my mind to you. And I submit my mind to you. Now, Holy Spirit, I receive. Holy Spirit, I receive. Everything you have to offer. Everything you have to offer. I ask you now, Holy Spirit. I ask you now, Holy Spirit. To continue to feel me, to continue to feel me, and to give me your language. <clears throat> and to give me your language. Alright, now just begin to listen down in your spirit. And it's gonna sound like syllables that makes no sense. Just put vocals to the syllables. Okay? Father, we just thank you for blessing God and filling your daughters with your language now in Jesus' name. So that we can pray, God, those perfect prayers. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Father. 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 Thank you,
And if you pray in your prayer language, I want you to pray now, okay? This is a good, safe place to do it. Thank you, but I don't think you're strange. This is just a part of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. Oh, for touching, Father. Feeling, God. Let that river of living waters well up, God. In graces. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to use this language for your purpose. We thank you, God. You got it. There you go. Just pray. You've been desiring him in this area for a long time. It's yours. Thank you. Just say what you hear. It's not going to make sense to you, but it's the Holy Ghost. There you go, Eric. You got it. Thank you, Lord, for healing us in our Now, ladies, I want you, those of you, you've already received your language, I want you to just put some volume to it. I know it's kind of, uh, uh, you're kind of timid, but just raise the volume up a little bit. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now let's just stop. Now start praying again. Come on. Yeah. Syllables. Mm -hmm. I got to see your hand. I got the love. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got like a <laughs> 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 I got like a <laughs> <laughs
actually works. Okay. All right. Good. Raise your hand. Okay. Anybody else? You could hear those syllables going in. You began to say, let me see who else. Don't be shy. Okay. See that? This is a face walk. You don't understand that your mind is trying to rationalize this. Okay. But remember, this is something that's occurring in the Holy Ghost that goes beyond our our uh, comprehension. Okay. If we didn't receive it, are we blocking it somehow? I was asking no. the Lord to receive me to use me. So Good. Not and he will. Okay. All right? Because he says if we ask, he will give it to us. Mm -hmm. So in your personal prayer time, remember what Pastor Moore says? All right? Just tell the Lord, I give you my tongue. Use my tongue, Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. How do yes. I know that those two words that I got weren't just my mind creating them? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I understand that. It's by faith. Mm -hmm. They're words you don't understand. He dropped them in your spirit, and now that's what you're going to say. And the Lord will develop his language in you. Okay? We're going to walk by faith. We're going to trust God in this. All right? And then this is, now let me say this. If, if you don't want to pray in tongues, you don't have to pray in tongues. That's one beautiful thing about the Lord. He gives us choice. But I recommend it because of what we heard today. Okay? It allows the Lord to pray through us. And there's so many other things that are happening. Now, does everybody feel peaceful? Yes. Do you feel peaceful? Praise God. See, things that come from God bring peace. Even if you didn't pray in tongues today. That's why I ask you, feel peaceful? Yeah. The Lord is moving. Okay? So when you have in your personal prayer time, just listen down in your spirit and start saying what you hear. And don't try to rationalize this. Just say what you hear and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Okay? Any questions? Any questions? Now, I, I'm trusting that we will respect what the Lord is doing and that we will respect what the Lord is doing in us in this room. Mm -hmm. So when we leave here, you know, we want to honor God mm -hmm. by being careful about what we say mm -hmm. and by speaking down. If we don't understand something about God, certainly let's not demean it. I don't believe y'all will, but I just want to say that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Praise God. All right. Um, prayer request. Just put it on your heart because time to go. So just, just put it on your heart. The Lord sees it. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I thank you for meeting every need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I thank you, God, that you don't withhold any good thing from us. And as we trust in you, you will provide what we need daily. Thank you, Father. We believe you for it. We thank you, Lord, for forgiving us of any sin, Father, even um, when we've operated in doubt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We ask that you help us to just walk in faith and trust you. We thank you, Lord, for protecting what you've done today and continuing to fill us daily. Help us not to yield to temptation, even to say, well, that was just me. It couldn't have been God. Help us to just trust you. We honor you and glorify you 
Numa Had Young, Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 <laughs>